Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to church. Amen. I love being here. Man, man I love being here. I, I, I love the atmosphere. I, I, I like hanging out with you guys. And uh, it's just life-giving. You know, I, I don't know. I've, you know, you can go through a pretty rough week and then show up here and everybody's happy to see you. Amen. Well, most everybody. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I want to read you a passage of Scripture. They don't have it uh, back there. But you've got it in your Bible. You could look. Um, some of you guys you might know where this is at. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Uh, only I want to read a few more verses. It says, I know what I'm doing. I'm reading it from the message. God's talking. He says, I know what I'm doing. How many believe that's true? He knows what he's doing. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. You know, come on. We can just rest in that, can't we? He's got it all planned out. He's got it all planned out. And you know what's crazy is he planned it ahead of time. So, the, matter of fact, where you are today, you know, you might be thinking, well, I'm not where I should be. And that's probably true in, in a lot of our lives, in a lot of areas of our life. Maybe we're not where we should be. But I've got to tell you something, that God's not confused by that. That he has a, a, a way made ready for you to get right back where you're supposed to be. I have, it, I have it all planned out. Listen to this. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Isn't that awesome? Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me and when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. And, and can I just tell you, you're, uh, you know, the life of a believer, uh, I hope that you're uh, growing your prayer life. That you're developing your prayer life that is past, you know, just meals. <laughs> and that it's not only when you're in trouble. Because, you know, uh, the Bible says four different, four different places. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And can I tell you, if you're justified, if you're born again, you're justified. And if you're justified, you're going to live by faith. Right? And it's either faith on purpose or faith on demand. Faith on purpose is because you purposed to live by faith. Faith on demand is because you've got so much junk going on, now you have to. And, but the Bible's true, so one way or the other, you're going to live by faith. You might as well do it on purpose. And, and in that purpose, you know, to live by faith, faith is not believing regardless of the circumstances, obeying regardless of the consequence. And in order to obey, you have to have received instruction. In order to receive instruction, you have to know how to talk to God. So it says, when you call on me, can I tell you something? You're going to. You, and you might as well do it on purpose instead of on demand. <laughs> right? You know, hey, when you call on me, God's talking to you, and he says, look, you're going to call. <laughs> so just understand that when you, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Guys, that's great news. When, when, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me, and you want it more than anything else, and, you know, again, this implies to me that we're going to get to a place where we are serious about God and where we want him more than anything else. I think this is if, if you're being led by the spirit, he's going to lead you to a place where, one, you are absolutely serious about connecting with God. And you're going to want that more than anything else, because, you know, uh, we sing it. The more I seek him, the more I find him. Right. And the more I find him. The more I love him, 
Guys, it's just a progression. That's the way it works. The, the, the more intimate you get with God, the more intimacy you want with him. And, 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 and the, 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 the tighter you and God get, the more stuff that used to matter suddenly begins to not matter quite so much. Hello? Come on. There have been moments in your life when, when, when things were huge and now they're still there, but it's just not nearly as big as it used to be because you have a revelation knowledge of who God is. Um, you know, we, we understand that life comes in layers. Right? We understand that. Y'all look at me like, it does? Yeah, it, it does. It, it, you know, every, everything works. You know, there's layers. Think about it when you, were, when you just went to school, you know, when, uh, or maybe you're a teacher and you're teaching the kids. And, and uh, you know, uh, just, you know, with arithmetic, you start with number recognition. Right? And you just get, get to the point where you could recognize the numbers. Next comes number order. Right? And now, now we, we, we can recognize the numbers, but now we, we know how to put them in order. Uh, and, and then we start with addition and subtraction. Right? And division and multiplication. Right? I'm looking at, I'm looking at my tutor. Uh, and, you know, and then right after addition, what, what, what do you move into next? Algebra? Well, you got to get percentages and fractions and all of that in. That would have helped. I never made it past multiplication. But, uh, uh, you know, they tell me that that really helps. And, and then you go into algebra. And then what's after algebra? Geometry. And then, huh? You guys are speaking in tongues. I don't know. Uh, you don't just take a child... And maybe point out number recognition and then set them down with trigonometry. Why? Because it, because it comes, it comes at, you know, in layers. In layers. And a lot of times, you know, uh, you know we want to get somewhere so fast that, we, you, know, I, you know, and this is, and I'm telling you this so I'm on record because I, I do this sometimes to you. You know, because I, I want to show you things, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, get you get you to pursue in the enemy. But can I tell you that the very first level of victory for a believer is in knowing God. You know, if, if, if you don't really know God, it doesn't do you a lot of good to know a lot about the enemy and how to handle the enemy. Because if you don't know God, you'll go out to face the enemy and you'll forget who God is. And if you forget who God is, the enemy's going to look pretty nasty but if you know god the more you know god the more you're not you know you just don't have to stress about that enemy too much and and and, you know the next layer after you know god is knowing who you are in christ you know and 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 then you know it comes in layers it's like it's like the you know you you bring the baby home from the hospital and you know it's not it's more than a week you know you don't just sit down a week later and have the stranger talk you know, and start pointing out things that, that this baby's going to need to look for. You know, stay away. Don't talk to strangers. No, you wait because first that bonding has to occur. And the bonding process between the mother and the father with that child. I mean, once that child understands who his daddy is and, uh, and then he starts finding his place in that family and recognizing that he is cared for and nurtured and 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 all now when when dad sits down and starts talking about you know the enemy all of a sudden it you know it, it kind of it, it it flows a little bit better 
because you have this bond with the Father. You need to press in and, and, and develop the bond that you have with God. Now, you know, I think every one of us need to get back to the place where, uh, because, you know, we'll get, so, we'll get so busy, you know, demonstrating Satan's defeat that we begin to be distracted and lose our relationship with the Father. And you're not going to be demonstrating Satan's defeat without a real intimacy with the Father. So you've got to maintain it, you've got to grow it, you've got to develop it, and you've got to never forget it. Hello, somebody. You know, because uh, what God's called you to do, uh, he's going to do it through you. And you remember the verse that says, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And, and the victory that God's leading you into. You know, uh, we talked a little bit last week about the, when you go out to war, to battle against your enemies, and you see horses and chariots and armies bigger and greater than your own. Don't be afraid. Well, how could God tell you that? Well, because, he, because he's uh, assuming your relationship with him is deep enough and strong enough that your confidence is in him, not in you. Because if your confidence is in you and you see an army that's bigger than you are, fear begins to dictate your, your, your decisions and the steps that you're taking. Right? But you, if you have this great relationship with God, if you've grown that thing, if you've got to the place where you're serious about it, you're serious about it, you want it more than anything else, he said, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. When you get serious about finding me and you want me more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. There's nothing to fear if you know who your father is. Amen? I said, there's nothing to fear if you know who your father is. See, you know, a little bit more about the layers. You know, uh, we, we have this, this heart as a body. You know, we, we want to we reach around the world and impact lives. We want to change the world, right? We're called and equipped and anointed, qualified by God. We believe to find people who are far from God and walk them to a place where they're close to God and equip them to live a life of victory with and for God. But... That's all under the assumption that we know God, that we have intimacy with him. And, you know, and the Great Commission, you know, the Great Commission, go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world. And we want to do that. We want to, we want to you know, hey, you, you can get signed up right now and head off to Belize in March and, and see 10,000 people saved in, in, in the Crusades there. You can participate. Now, you can get your hands dirty and, and uh, dig some wells and, and uh, you know, minister to the sick and, and pray for healing and see miraculous things occur. But, you know, that great commission, that comes in layers too. And you, you actually have four commissions. You have four commissions. If, you, if you're taking notes, write this down. Uh, we're, because in the, next, in the upcoming weeks, we're going to talk about these quite a bit. But uh, uh, your first commission, it's a personal commission. Okay, everybody say personal. personal. Your second one is a domestic commission. Say domestic. domestic. Your third commission is a cultural commission. Say cultural. <laughs> and then's the great commission. Right? You're, you're, you know what? Your first commission, I, I believe, is, is about you. You know, Romans 12, too, we, we, we've been talking about that a lot, too. That you would not be conformed to this world, but that you'd be transformed by the renewing of your mind. New ideals, new attitudes. You know, that's part of your personal commission. That, that, you, that you would get uh, real with God. That you, as a, as a person, 
that you would find your identity in Christ, that you would strengthen that relationship with God, that you wouldn't just, you know, be trying out Jesus. No, you'd be living like Jesus lived. You'd be walking in the light even as he is in the light. Right? The, 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 you would know God and, and, and uh, I mean, and no doubt about it, that his power, his grace, his mercy, so active in you that it's changing you. That people around you recognize you're different. You're different. You're stronger. You're, you know, there's just something there, you know, something on you that God's on you. Uh, because when you enter into your domestic commission, man, now, now you're taking it to your wife or your husband or your kids. It's in the house. It's in the house. Can I just tell you that if you don't get it strong in, in, in the personal level, that when you, when you try to get it to the house, and I think a lot of us have done this, we've, we've tried to take Jesus to the house and get him to change everybody in the house, and they're looking at us, and they know that we ain't real. See, they, people in that house, they rode with you to the church. And they saw the great transformation in the parking lot. Because on the way to church, it was, right, exactly, no, wipe that smile off your face. We're going to church. <laughs> and then you get into the foyer, and it's, hallelujah. <laughs> and then we wonder why the, the, the relationship that those closest to us have with God is so messed up. Well, could it, could it be a reflection of yours? Ain't nobody wanting to answer that, okay. Well, think what happens is that, you know, you, you move from the domestic commission into the cultural commission. Now you're not at the house. Now you're in the workplace. Now, now, now who you really are is starting to seep through. The pressures of life and other personalities that are rubbing up against you, you know, I think one of the most damaging things that can occur is when we walk into the workplace and we got our Jesus T-shirt on and our devil attitude. And we're telling them about the love of God, which we don't have any of, because we are ticked. Or because we're trying to fit in instead of learning how to stand out. We're separated from the favor of God instead of pursuing the favor of God. A lot of people are under great stress in the workplace right now. And one of the reasons why is because your, your, your personal commission, you're beginning to, to develop and grow there. And, and, and your, your, your domestic commission, you're, 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 you're taking Jesus to your family. And the enemy, he knows that he's got, you know, if he doesn't stop you in the cultural arena, it won't be long till you're in the global arena. To where your life will actually begin to uh, compel people. And so there's opposition. We, we shouldn't be surprised or shocked at the opposition. We should understand and recognize, oh, no, that, that's, this is just how this works, see. It, 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 as you pursue God, if the enemy can't stop you in your personal pursuit, then he comes against your family. How many understand there's a great attack against the family in America today? Especially, and I'm just talking about the family, any family. Now add biblical uh, principles to it, and you want to talk about attack. 
It just intensified greatly. Well, well, what's going on here? Well, because the enemy is trying to, you know, he's working backwards. He's coming against our global reach, and then he's hitting us in the, you know, in the secular realm and in a social arena and so that he can weave his way into the domestic realm and tear apart the family. Why? Well, because he's going after individuals. You know, if we're going to have a strong church, it's going to be because we have strong families. And if we have strong families, it's going to be because we have strong individuals who are living right, who understand what it is to live a holy life. You know, and holy, you know, whatever your religious mindset of holy is, make sure that you line it up with God. That, you know, we learned uh, Wednesday night from John Bevere that holy, one of the definitions of that word is a cut above. A cut above. The, the, it's, it, it means other than. That, that, you know, it's better. It's a better life. Are you saying that we're better than others? I'm saying we ought to be. Without being condescending, without looking down on people, we just ought to live a better life. Come on. If, God, if you've connected to God, you have the, all the power that you need to live a better life. A cut above. Come on, somebody. God life is not the same as life without God. God life is a cut above anything that, that is separated from God, right? And, 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 and again, you ought not be trying to fit in. You, you ought to understand that you've been empowered by God to stand out. Which brings us to Luke 2.52, and we've been talking about it. It says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus increased in favor with wisdom. I've got to tell you, just again, that if Jesus increases because there was increase to do, right? If he grew, it's because there was growing to do. Jesus had growing to do. If he had grown to do, you and I need to wrap our heart and mind around the reality. We have some growing to do. You know, you, you study favor, and, I, and I'm, I'm praying and believing that you're going to just get hungry for the favor of God. You ought to check it out in the Bible how many times favors. It's all through the book, man. Favor is real, really important to God because it is a manifestation of his grace that's at work in you. You, you, can't, you can't get the grace of God working in your life and not see favor because favor is wherever grace is at. Right? Grace is not a blanket that you're hiding your sin under. It's an empowering agent that enables you to do whatever God's called you to do. You know, sin has us busy doing what we shouldn't, where grace empowers us to do what we should. And if we're operating in the power of grace, we won't even have time to do what we shouldn't because we'll be so busy doing what we should. Man, you know, I won't be living the wrong life. I'll be living the right life. I won't be wandering off the trail because His grace is going to empower me to head right down the trail. You know, sometimes the trail, you know, for, for you and I, separated from God, we get to places in the trail and there's impasses, you know, places we can't get through or over or around. But the grace of God empowers you. And, and all of a sudden, it's like the Bible says that He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me on my highest places. What in the world does that mean? That means that He, may, he causes me to run to the top of my mountains like a deer. 
uh, uh, what used to cause me to stumble. Now I bounce right over. What is that? That's the grace of God and, and operating in you. And it's the favor of God that lifts you up. And, and when you see the mountain, you don't just turn around. No, you, there's something, a confidence that's coming alive inside of you. And you know, hey, with God, all things are possible. I've got the favor of God on my life. What used to stop me, what used to hinder me, no longer has power over me. What used to grip me can't contain me because the anointing of God, you know, it's like, it's like oil. When, when, you, when, when, it, when it, you, know, you, you cover something in oil, it gets, it gets harder and harder to hold to it. Where the enemy used to have a grip, now it's just, and you squirt right out of his grip, man. What is that? That's the favor of God. That on your own, you'd be snared, but because of his favor, the enemy can no longer contain you. And I, I, I'm praying for you every single day. And, and I don't want you to have a, a, a little dabble do you kind of experience with favor. I want you to have so much favor in your life that we can trail you through the building. That you're leaving track prints because the favor's dripping off of your life. I believe that God wants his people to have so much favor represented in their life that people who don't know God understand God must be with you because there's nothing that really special about you other than the stuff that's stopping everybody else doesn't seem to be having any effect on you. How does this work? How, how did you end up so blipped? How come you walk through the same trial I'm walking through? Why is it that when you go into the fire, it doesn't kindle upon me? Why is it that when you're walking through the flood, it doesn't overtake you? Why is it that when weapons are formed against you, they don't prosper? It's the favor of God on my life. I want to increase the favor in my life. I, I've come to understand that we're not walking in the level of favor that is available to us. We could be walking in a whole lot more. Well, then I want to go get it. I've just been praying and studying and talking to, to preachers and teachers and, you know, how, you know just, man, I, I want to, anything I can learn that will help you increase in favor. That I'm on a mission right now. Because I, I, I'm hearing, you know, obviously we hear the struggles, we hear the challenges, but you need to understand something, that God wants to favor your life. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm one of God's favorites. <laughs> I've made up my mind, we're entitled to more favor, we're going to walk in it. We're not going to just say, amen, no, we're going to pursue this thing with some passion. We're going to get committed to walking in it every day. And, and I think every day, I would just again, I just want to really encourage you. I think every day you need to get up out of bed and say, I walk in divine favor. The favor of God goes before me today. The favor of God's going to open doors that no one can close today. Today, the favor of God is going to change situations for my benefit. The favor of God's at work in my life. And, and don't just stop there. I'm not just confessing this over my life. I'm confessing it over my kids. The favor of God. The favor of God is going to show up and bless their life. The favor of God is going to lead them and guide them and direct them. Because the Spirit of God is where the favor of God's at. Father, I just thank you today that your favor rests upon my three sons. That no matter where they are, they're all in different places in life. 
And every one of them is going to begin to recognize the favor, and it's going to create an appetite inside of them, a hunger for more. And instead of walking away from it, they're going to run towards it. God, I just thank you today that the favor of God is upon my house. I thank you, Lord, that the favor of God is upon every household represented in this body. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to give wisdom and insight and revelation because the favor of God, the people of God are going to be able to see things that were supposed to be hidden from them, things that the enemy is trying to, 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 to hide that you're going to bring to the forefront. And it's going to be like neon lights glowing in the darkness, and you're going to lead them right to the place that you've called them to be. God, I thank you for the favor. I think you need to start confessing the favor of God over your life. You need to get up every single day and get in agreement with God. God wants wants to favor my life. I'm going to walk in that favor. Come on, somebody. I'm going after the favor. Look at at your neighbor and say, I'm going after the favor. Listen, we're not going to try this thing. We're going to live this thing. You know, you, you, you study, again, you study the favor of God and you see that it's upon all, all kinds of people in the book. Man, the book is full of people who understood favor. And, and, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week. You know, one of my favorite guys is Naphtali. He, he, he was abounding in favor. There was a never-ending supply of favor on his life. And that, that, I want to insert our names right there. Marty was abounding in favor and full of the blessing of God. You know, and seriously, when I'm praying for you guys right now, that's how I'm praying for you. Chris is abounding in the favor of God. God, I thank you that he is full of the blessing of God today. I want to increase that favor. How many of you want to increase in favor? Let me give you real quick a couple of steps that will help you. Again, if you start studying favor, you're going to find out they're all through the book. This is not, a, you know, uh, uh, this isn't the whole deal. This is just four or five places where you can get started. Number one, let, let, me, let me read you this verse, Psalms 119, verse 58 and 59. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Everybody say whole heart. You've got to be a wholehearted seeker of God, okay? Can't go out it half-heartedly. But he said, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. What he's saying here is that if you really want to increase favor... You need to start here. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. I, it only makes sense, doesn't it, that your lifestyle ought to be pleasing to God if what you're looking for is the favor of God to be upon your life. It, we, need, we need to have a heart that says, oh, you know what, I'm going I'm to consider my ways. Why? Because there ain't nothing wrong with His. If there's a deficiency, it's probably on me. You know, we have a real tendency, uh, you know, our, our nature is to find somebody else to blame. Well, me. Well, me, right? You know, all of you parents, you understand how, what this looks like. You know, because, you know, it's so odd in our house, you know, with three boys, and we'd go to bed and get up in the morning and come down, and the place would be tore up. Who left this mess? Wasn't me. Who is that? Not one me. None of them. It's like people broke into our house at night to mess it up, right? You know, you, you got you got somebody that comes by while they're sleeping and throws their dirty clothes out of the hamper onto the floor. You know, it, it's weird because they're not taking anything really. They're just messing up the house. You know, <laughs> one me. One, it, it was them. It, it, you know, that's their fault. You know. How, How did this mistake occur? Somebody else did it. And and you know what we need to do? We need to stop in our tracks. If we're serious, when you get serious 
about finding me. Listen to what God said. When you get serious about finding me, when you, I believe that when you get serious, you'll begin to consider your ways. I think that all of us have things in our life that we just set aside fully aware of the fact that's not pleasing to God. That attitude, that action, those words. No, I know it's not pleasing to God, but you know what? He's probably got bigger fish to fry. You know, and besides, and we say stupid stuff. Well, the grace of God. No, the grace of God doesn't allow you to remain deficient. The grace of God empowers you for excellence. The grace of God empowers you to deal with things that on your own you couldn't. My grace is sufficient for you. I got enough power working in your life to change you right now. Some of us, man, I I don't know if I'm going to get very much farther because I'm feeling such a pull here by the Spirit of God. Some of us have things going on in our life, things that we allow, things that we participate with that are stopping the flow of favor. But yet we enjoy those things. We have befriended things that ought to be enemies. We have, we, we have justified actions in our life. And, and, and it's really, you know, I want to be really careful here because I grew up in, in, in an environment that, uh, you know, that chewing gum was a sin. You know, I, I can remember them passing Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets around the room, and we had to spit our gum in there because if you're chewing gum in church, you, you know that you, you were on your way to hell. I, you know, and some of that stuff is just so—it was so unacceptable in my spirit. I, I just felt that that can't be what God's really concerned about. Dentine. But still, there's things in our life that we justify, and we're. we're we're coming to a place, I believe that God's leading us by His Spirit to a place where we're willing to give Him anything. You want it? You can have it. It's been a, been a great 10 days or so. I, uh, at one point, I was in Wenatchee. There's about 80 pastors. There are 50 different denominations represented at one time. We had a great time of prayer together, eight hours of prayer. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, I was in Cannon Beach. I don't know how many pastors were there. A bunch of faith preachers and got to sit down and, and, and talk and, and just, uh, you know, build relationship. But, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a dog on a bone, man. I'm going after something and I'm going to, you know, I got, I got guys that, that are instructors at Bible colleges and, I, and I'm, I'm trying to tear in there and, and get them to share stuff, you know. And, but we, we get to talking about about things that are being permitted in our lives and guys it's all the way through the house it's, it's, it's hear me today i'm not i'm not just talking to you it's in my life attitudes and mindsets and issues that we've allowed to become a part of us that god wants to liberate us from what would happen if we considered our ways and made changes quiet in this Presbyterian church. What, what would happen if we came to God and said, you know what? I want to permit you, Lord, to enlighten the eyes of my understanding that I might know the hope of my calling. 
that I would recognize that what's at stake is of such more, much more greater value than this thing that I've held to. And I'm willing to, I'm willing to let that go. I'm willing to let it die. I'm willing to crucify it so I can have more of you. I don't want to just sing more of you. I want more of you. I want, can I just tell you, I want more of you. Because it really is, you know, when we sing that song, the more I seek you, it, it's the truth. The more I go after God, the more I find him. The more I find him. Man, I'm telling you, he's so good. I said he's so good. I, I really wish, you know, I look back at my life and I thank God for my life and everything that, that, that I mean, God just, bless, I've had a blessed life. But man, I wish, I wish about age 18, I had had a passion to pursue God like I have today. Because I look back, and I've been in church my whole life, but I still, I look back and I, and I realize, man, there's a lot of time that I've let slip by that I wasn't really pursuing God. I was just doing my thing. And I, I want to encourage you today. I, I, I want to exhort you a little bit. Don't let another minute go without creating a hunger for more of Him. For more of Him. That you would be abounding in favor, full of the blessing of God. Because it's not just about you. It's what you're going to take into that next level, that domestic realm. And what's going to go out from your house into the cultural realm. That's going to impact that great commission that we've been called to. You, 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 need, you need to consider your, your ways. I, I'm just going to uh, read you a few other things that will help you as you consider your ways. Okay, just a couple of points. Write these down and we're done. You need to continually seek God. You want to consider your ways. Well, then you have to seek God. Because if you're seeking God really with your whole heart, guess what's going to happen? You're going to find out what road you're on. You look at consider your ways, consider the way you do things. And if you're seeking God in everything you do, all of a sudden you'll be bringing correction to your ways. Proverbs eight thirty three through 35, hear instruction, be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that hears me watching daily at my gates, wailing at the post of my doors. For whoso finds me finds life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. It, when we find Him, what are we going to find? We're going to find life. Everybody say life. life. Now, I'm not talking about the ability to inhale and exhale. I'm talking about life. Real life. God, I mean the life that you were created for. You're going to find it if you go and continually seek God. Uh, the next thing is be obedient. Look at your neighbor and say be obedient. Deuteronomy 6.3, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it might be well with thee, and that you can increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised you, in the land that flows with milk and honey. Hear and do, it will go well with thee. Favor. You know, when you hear God, you're supposed to obey God. So, you know, be obedient. As God's speaking to your heart, just do it. I mean, just go for it. Okay, God, I'm, I'm coming after you. you know, and, and about the only way that's really going to happen, here's the next point, is if you get hungry 
for the truth. If you get hungry for the truth. Create a hunger. I think a lot of us, we're not really passionate about the truth because it's going to prove where we're deceived. Well, I want truth more than deception in my life. So I'm going to go after the truth. Listen to this, Proverbs 3, 1 through 4. My son, forget not my law, but let thy heart keep my commandments. Length of days and long life and peace, they're going to add to you. Don't let mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them about thy neck. Write them on the table of thy heart. So shall you find favor in the sight of man and God. You're going to find favor when you get hungry for the truth. The next thing is strive for excellence. Strive for For excellence, he that diligently seeks good procures favor, Proverbs 11, 27. You're going after the good thing. You're not not just settling for okay. No, I'm going to do this thing with excellence on my life. You know what you're going to find? You're going to find favor. We're not looking for the shortcuts in life. Somebody say amen. You know, look for something that will put a demand on your life to become the best that you can possibly be. And when you're the best you could possibly be, can I tell you what's going to happen? Is you're going to be a blessing to others. If we settle for mediocrity, not only are we cutting ourselves short, but we're, but we're robbing from others. You've got to consider your ways, because when it's all about you, you've decided, well, this is good enough. But it's not good enough if God's called you to carry favor into the lives of others. The last one, write this down. Don't ever lose your zeal for the word. Whoso despises the word, Proverbs 13, 13. Whoso despises the word shall be destroyed. He that fears the commandments shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life. To depart from the snares of death, good understanding gives favor. Listen to me. To despise the word is to enter destruction. We've all known people who at one point, so excited about God, so excited about the Word of God. They had all the books, they had all the tapes, they went to all the conferences, they just pumped up. But then later in life you find them, and and they're just not shining quite as bright. They're just not as excited about God life as they used to be. What's coming out of them isn't Bible anymore. They've allowed the... Sideshow distractions, the, the, the pressures of life to, to, to grab their mind. They're walking in a fence. They've been hurt and let down. And, and, and you can see it on them. They're not who they used to be. Guys, wrong direction. How, well, how do we stay on course? How, 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 do, how do we keep the favor on the increase? We stay in love with the Word of God. We stay in love with the Word of God, man. We, we go after this thing. Consider your ways. Are you in the Word more now than you were six weeks ago? Are, are, you, are, are you searching for scriptures that will bring blessing into the life of those that you've made contact with? You know, consider your ways. What, what are the answers that you're giving? What an what incredible season we're in right now. Here we go. Just a, just a few more days, and it's time to vote. There's a lot of discussion everywhere you go. Man, people that don't know you start conversations. Hello? Have you prepared yourself to give answers that lead to God? Well, 
It seems to me, man, you know how many times I've heard that? It seems to me, like, it seems to me, like, if we go that direction, it seems to me. Well, there's, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the ends thereof are the ways of death. Maybe what we ought to do is understand what God's promised. Focus on that and let God direct our way. I, you know, what I'm intending to do this election is to allow God to direct my vote. Just want to pray. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. So, God, you're going to have to direct my boat. I'm going to do everything I can to educate myself because I believe in that understanding. God's going to bring wisdom and direction. And I'm going to try to vote on issues uh, in a way that would please God, not me. Consider your ways. Amen? Close your book. Bow your head. Father,